This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Headlines brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Row Material brand for Thursday, November the 10th, 2022. Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and so many more. We're here on a daily to keep you up to date on everything that's happening in your favorite promotion. Now, once again, this podcast is brought to you daily, free of charge, anywhere fine podcasts are made available. With that being said, let's go ahead and let's get right into the headlines. Anthony Agogo, AEW star, talks about not currently appearing on AEW television. Now, Anthony Agogo recently spoke to Cultaholic Wrestling, Desert Island Graps, to discuss several professional wrestling topics. Now, Agogo talked about opting to sign with AEW and his thoughts about the company, its management, and so much more. Now, on why he chose to originally sign with AEW. I had a choice between both companies, but I chose to go with AEW because I love the sports-based product. That's what I like. I got not too far off, and I did to tweet recently, and I hadn't been seen on AEW ever since that had happened. Now, I don't know exactly what happened, but I have not been on TV, and I have been doing elevation. I've been gaining experience, and I've been getting better, and I've also had the opportunities to hone my craft even more. But on main TV, I haven't. Now, I do trust the boss, Tony Khan. He's an absolute genius. Like QT Marshall, he's a genius. The two together with Sanjay Dutt is unbelievable. Pat Buck is great. Tony Schiavone is a really good dude. And the Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, along with Kenny Omega, are amazing as well. Now, his thoughts on AEW management. AEW management got the geniuses around the place. And they all work together. And everything's led by Tony Khan. I really trust QT and Tony. And I trust where they're going to bring me in and when I'm going to be there. I think they'll know the right time at the right place. When it's officially ready for me to continue the development of my career. Now, I do get frustrated because I'm away from family a lot, and I am in the country, and I don't like not necessarily working. You know what? Working hard for a dream, sometimes those are the sacrifices you have to make. Now, he did talk about the Luigi Primo promo that happened back in September. He said the following, I got frustrated recently because the pizza guy was on TV. I did a little tweet, half joking, half being serious. I was like, this pizza guy, who is not a Shawn Michaels in the ring, had more AEW TV time than I have in the last year. I'm sorry, but it did piss me off, because I'm supposed to be a sports-based product, and I'm supposed to be in there. I understand what they're doing, I get it, but at the end of the day, I just want to wrestle. I want to get out there and have a good time. I want to get kicked in the face, but I want to kick people in the face too. I don't know of how many spots like that that I could do, but I just want to be on TV and show people how hard hard I'm working and how good I can ultimately be. You know, I've been patient and I'm just trusting everything, but I'm going to work hard in the interim and I'm going to do everything I can. Hopefully, I'll get my shot soon enough. Now, he also commented on what it feels like to not be used on television. He would go on to say, I think there's a lot of cards in the pack, a lot of big cards as well. Last year, after I had the feud with Cody, I had to leave because I had some issues with my visa. Long story short, my passport got nicked in a typical American fashion. It was really difficult to get my ID then. My passport got nicked. Therefore, my visa was gone. I had to get a new visa. The only way I could get a new visa was to leave America. And once you leave, you can't come back without a visa. 
I had to make an appointment. I gave myself so many gray hairs over the situation. At the height of COVID, every embassy is shut down and there's a year long backup as far as getting the process started all over again. Now, when his time away from AEW due to his passport and visa issues, he would continue on on that topic and say the following. They had written me off of TV for nine months because I was supposed to be away for nine months. But when I came back, everything had changed. They had signed Brian Danielson, the best wrestler who probably ever lived. They signed CM Punk and then this other person. And the whole landscape of AEW had changed since I had last been there. Cody left. Me coming back and doing something with him was going to be something that we were going to do, but that couldn't happen now. Everything changed as far as the directions with me. I think I'm such a unique talent that it's hard to know what to exactly do with me. All I've done is worked hard, as hard as I can, to get as good as I can. Once I stumbled, you know what? I score the hat trick, and then I start all over again. If you'd like to hear more about what Anthony Agogo had to say about his time in AEW and his time away from AEW and all the issues he had with his passport and visa, continue following the article that is trending right now over on eWrestling News. Former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas is making headlines at this hour. He's talking about the way WWE Raw ended with Austin Theory cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase, which didn't really click with the audience. Now, former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas recently took to his latest Refing Rant podcast to talk about his thoughts on Monday Night Raw. Now, specifically, Corderas commented on the decision to have Austin Theory cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase unsuccessfully on Seth Rollins for the U.S. title. Here's what he had to say. Look, I like the new attitude from Bobby Lashley. I like him coming out and doing all these things with Seth Rollins because he wants to get his U.S. title back. But he didn't try to get the U.S. title back. All he did was get beat up by Seth Rollins and then walk back. And then they brought out Austin Theory to cash in his money in the briefcase, which I thought was for a world title or a universal title that he would go for. But that just definitely wasn't the case. Now, Jimmy would go on to say the following. Okay, I get it. Make the U.S. championship feel a little bit more important. But at the same time, the way he accomplished or went through what he did to try to cash it in on a Monday night was just too complicated. It was very convoluted. There was no explanation for anything. And I don't think it worked or it clicked with the audience. At least it didn't work with me. If you'd like to find out more about what Jimmy Corderas had to say, you can follow him at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter and all forms of social media. And definitely check out his podcast, which is available anywhere podcasts are made available. Soraya is making news at this hour. Soraya admits that she made a mistake during her AEW Dynamite promo last night. John Fuentes is writing in at this hour. Soraya appeared on AEW last night to announce that she's been 100% cleared to return to the ring, and she will face off against Britt Baker at full gear. It was an emotional promo for Soraya, who at one point said that she had wrestled in Tokyo Dome, but that actually never happened. She took to Twitter to correct her mistake. She would go on to say, By the way, I got a few things mixed up. I was in Sumo Hall. It was in the middle of my promo, and I was like, oh no, I screwed up. Either way, the support was still amazing with my announcement that I'm coming back to wrestle. If you'd like to find out more about everything that's happening with Soraya and the big build-up to her match at Full Gear, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. MJF, the salt of the earth, is making news at this hour. Andrew Ravens is writing in, MJF was not backstage at AEW Dynamite. Now, MJF will challenge John Moxley for the AEW World Championship in the main event at Full Gear Pay-Per-View, which will be happening on the 19th. With more news on MJF and his big match coming up at Full Gear with John Moxley, continue following 
e-wrestling news and more information will be forthcoming. Let's go ahead and let's talk a little bit more about Soraya. Now, Soraya reveals what she told Tony Khan about her in-ring return. Now, as many people know, last night on AEW Dynamite, Soraya made a big announcement saying that she's coming back and that she's officially been 100% cleared by AEW doctors. Soraya, formerly known as Paige in WWE, revealed on Wednesday's episode of AEW Dynamite that she's been medically cleared to wrestle again. Now, what will she do? Well, Tony Khan has decided that they'll put them together with Britt Baker at full gear. The former WWE Divas Champion was forced to retire in 2017 after WWE doctors did not clear her to perform in the ring as an active wrestler anymore because of a diagnosis of spinal stenosis. Now, she would remain with the company for many years following the injury, but WWE ultimately decided not to renew her contract just a few months ago, making her a free agent. Speaking with sessions with Renee Podcast, Soraya decided that AEW President Tony Khan was the place where she wanted to be, and she also talked about talking about Tony about coming back and wrestling again. Here's her comments. So I remember throwing the idea out to Tony, and he was like, you know, like when Sting came back in the ring, he did tag team matches. So he was like, well, maybe we can do some tag team matches with you. And I was like, well, when I come back, I really want to do singles matches instead. Now, Tony Khan was still leery about her safety in the ring. However, after she's been physically cleared to wrestle 100%, she pushed even harder to go back to being a singles wrestler and definitely get her feud started even more with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. With more information on Soraya, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. Paul Heyman is making news this hour. Paul Heyman responds to a notable name in the wrestling industry wanting him to be his manager. Now, Roman Reigns retained the undisputed WWE Universal Championship over Logan Paul at the main event of Crown Jewel. Now, Logan's brother Jake is involved in the match as well. It's been reported that Jake and WWE are interested in working together again down the line. Now, Jake Paul was speaking ahead of Crown Jewel to Sports Illustrated, and he made the following comments regarding Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is a very entertaining and smart man. I love a lot of WWE characters, and he's just on another level. I love to have him in my corner. We'd be Paul and Paul. If you'd like to find out more about what Paul Heyman had to say about all of this, follow him on social media and find out more about all of this over on eWrestling News. Bray Wyatt is making news at this hour. Bray Wyatt wants two ex-WWE superstars to return home to WWE. Thomas Lawson's writing in at this hour. Bray Wyatt is officially back with WWE and his return to the promotion could see another superstar return. Now, Wyatt returned to the WWE at Extreme Rules Premium Live Event, formerly known as a pay-per-view, on the 15th. Now, he has some other comments that he would like to share now that he's back in the fold. WrestleVotes is reporting that Wyatt is hopeful that he could work again with former stars Bo Dallas and Eric Rowan. Here is his comment. There are people like Bray, who there's other people that I want to work with. And Bo Dallas is one of them, and so is Eric Rowan. If Eric wants to come back, I'm sure they allow that. If Bray also wanted it, I'm sure they would go along with it as well. Now, Bo Dallas is actually Wyatt's real-life brother, and Rowan worked with Bray when they were all part of the Wyatt family. With more information on this, continue following E-Wrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. We have an AEW talent to be in a Lifetime movie called The Bad Tenant. Andrew Ravens is writing in at this hour, Laura Dennis, formerly known as The Bunny, will be starring in a Lifetime movie called Bad Tenant. 
Now Tampa Bay Times published a feature story about the AEW talent filming a role in a Lifetime movie. Now it was shot in Tampa Bay from late October through early November. Now she's also part of a local film commission, and they plan to promote the movie in the area. It was required that productions promote the area if they want an incentive called a Tourism Marketing Grant. Now, you can follow her on social media at Allie Wrestling and find out everything that's going to be happening with her upcoming Lifetime movie. With more information, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. Tony Khan explains why Ring of Honor Final Battle will be a major event. Now, as many wrestling fans know, Ring of Honor has been relaunched under the umbrella of AEW, but many wrestling fans are wondering if it will finally be its own entity and AEW can go back to being its own. Well, Tony Khan finally explains why Ring of Honor Final Battle will take place in the afternoon instead of an evening pay-per-view. Ring of Honor will present its final battle pay-per-view from the University of Texas Arlington on Saturday, December 10th with start time of 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, WWE will also hold an NXT deadline on Peacock that night of December the 10th. It will be the third Ring of Honor pay-per-view since Tony Khan has taken over ownership. Khan recently spoke to Sports Illustrated about starting the event in the afternoon as opposed to starting it in the evening, and here's what he said. The college football landscape changes on that day, so it's a unique opportunity for us to run in the afternoon and see if the market is there for us. There's a great game between Army and Navy, but it's not a typical big conference college football Saturday, so therefore it gives us a great chance to slide in there. For more information on all of this and the information on what will be happening at Final Battle, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. Tony Khan is also making news he is teasing a future AEW pay-per-view coming to the Boston area. Thomas Lawson's writing in at this hour, AEW could be hosting a future pay-per-view in Boston, Massachusetts. Now that's according to recent comments that were made by AEW owner Tony Khan. In the week's taping of Dynamite and Rampage, it was now taking place at the Cradle of Liberty and saw Brian Danielson defeat Sammy Guevara in the main event. Now before the tapings of Rampage actually started, Khan teased that Boston is in the running to receive a pay-per-view. Now, AEW's next big pay-per-view is Full Gear, which will be running out of Newark, New Jersey. For more information on whether or not Boston will get a big-named AEW pay-per-view, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. Soraya fires back at critics for saying that, you know what, she shouldn't be wrestling. AEW wrestler Soraya once again announced to fans yesterday on AEW Dynamite that she's officially cleared to wrestle full-time. Now, it struck fans who started to question the decision by doctors to allow her to start wrestling again. Soraya was not impressed with some of the comments, but she is glad to be competing again since she's been out since December 17th WWE live event in Madison Square Garden. On this week's episode of Dynamite, she announced in front of a live audience that she's now cleared to wrestle without any restrictions against Britt Baker, and Tony Khan has made their match for full gear. Now, Soraya also shared a doctor's form, certifying her medical status, and fans responded to her statement, and they questioned why she would want to go back to wrestling. Oh my god, the address, the number, the name of the doctor is all on it. I asked for that note, so I can frame it and post it, and you know what? It's enough. The six-page diction she wrote with a full breakdown, a full analysis, and concussions. I just want to see that one sentence for me. And she put a flashing emoji. 
Now, with everything happening right now with AEW, Full Gear looks like it's going to be a big event happening on November the 19th from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Once again, Soraya will be coming back, taking on Britt Baker, and John Moxley will be taking on challenger MJF for the AEW World Championship. For more information on all this, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be coming forward. We have snooze on an ex-WWE diva who is going to be launching an OnlyFans account. Thomas Lawson's writing in at this hour, former WWE diva Lisa Marie Varon has launched an account on the popular exclusive content site Fans Only. Varon is charging $25 a month for her paywall service, which provides fans with exclusive photos, videos, and messages. Initially debuting in the WWF as one of the Godfather's women in 2000, Varon would later debut as Victoria in 2002 and become a two-time WWE Women's Champion. Now, after leaving the company in 2009, Varon would then join TNA, which became Impact Wrestling, as Tara, where she would become a five-time champion and a one-time Knockouts Tag Team Champion. If you'd like to find out more about what's happening with her and her OnlyFans account, continue following her on all forms of social media and follow us over here at E-Wrestling News as we will give you more information. Chris Jericho wants the Painmaker character to be turned into a movie. Now, Thomas Lawson's writing in this hour, Chris Jericho has big aspirations for his Painmaker character, which he sees as potentially a great movie for a serial killer. Ahead of his New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion match with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship on the line with Okada back in 2019, Jericho introduced the darker persona with the same name as a nod to Okada's nickname, The Rainmaker. Appearing on Howie Mandel's Stuff, Jericho explained his Hollywood aspirations for the character. He would go on to say the following, The idea is to make it into a movie at some point. Well, that's my overall goal. We're just writing and illustrating the graphic novel right now, so the idea is the Painmaker is going to be an intergalactic former serial killer. Now, for more information on this, Jericho would continue to say, He's changed his life. He's not a serial killer anymore, but he travels the galaxy, hunting down other serial killers in different galaxies and in different places. Jericho compared the Painmaker's conflicted morality with Dexter Morgan, who's a serial killer on the hit TV series Dexter, played by Michael C. Hall. Now, in this first reign as Ring of Honor World Champion, Jericho will defend his title next week at AEW's Full Gear event. For more information on all this, continue following E-Wrestling News and continue following Chris Jericho on all forms of social media as more information will be coming forward. Chris Jericho also is making news as he performs in a costume as the Masked Singer Show. Chris Jericho may be known for being a rock star with his band Fozzie, but he performed in a match of a different setting this earlier week. Now, in the latest episode of The Masked Singer, Jericho performed in a costume as the Bride. The hit series celebrates performers in disguises with the loser decided by a judge's panel and fan poll. They are being unmasked at the end of each episode. While Jericho wasn't unmasked after his performance of Shut Up and Dance With Me, wrestling fans were quick to announce that, you know what, we knew who was under the mask. Now Jericho, in his first reign as Ring of Honor World Champion again, will defend the championship against Sammy Guevara, Claudio Castagnoli, and Brian Danielson in a four-way match coming up at Full Gear on November the 19th. For more information on all of this, continue following E-Wrestling News and more information about Chris Jericho, his potential movie, and so much more.
Jeff Jarrett takes a dig at Triple H and Braun Strowman on this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. But what exactly did he say, and did WWE hear about this? Jeff Jarrett, who was recently with WWE, was supposed to be the one in charge of live events and the touring schedule for WWE. However, when Triple H took over, he was released of his duties and Road Dog was brought into the company. Now it's Triple H handling things from a creative perspective, Road Dog handling the touring and the house shows, and now the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels has just gotten recently promoted and he's now the head of NXT. But Jeff Jarrett didn't take things so well. Jeff Jarrett didn't wait very long to take shots at WWE after he parted ways with the company. Now Jarrett debuted on last week's episode of AEW Dynamite, and then he made an appearance on screen. He will also serve as WWE's Director of Business Development. But on last night's episode of Dynamite, Jarrett addressed his alignment with Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. And he also said this, this ain't no make-believe monster in red skinny jeans produced by a banana-nosed circus. Now, fans online gathered as he took shots at WWE's monster among men, Braun Strowman, who wore red jeans for his Raw return in September this past year. Now, the banana-nosed factory is believed to be a dig at WWE's COO Triple H, who has provided comedy materials for several wrestlers over the years. With more information on all of this, continue following eWrestling News and more information on the role that Jeff Jarrett will play on screen and behind the curtain will be forthcoming. Taryn Terrell announces retirement from professional wrestling. Ryan Clark is writing in at this hour. Tara Terrell is retiring from the world of pro wrestling. On Wednesday, Terrell took to her Instagram account to announce that she's retiring from the business after returning last year to the NWA. Here is what she wrote. In my career, I've often have not been able to be the first to break my own news. At every company, it makes it to the public before I truly read anything. Anyhow, I've decided that it's time to officially hang up my boots forever. It is bittersweet. NW gave me a wonderful opportunity to manage, but the problem is I can't just be outside the ring and find happiness. I just love the ring. Being inside the ropes and connecting with the humans in the crowd, it just fuels me and there's no place like it. Therefore, I have asked for and they've given me my release. I've had some great matches. I loved competing and I loved my creative freedom. I was able to tell stories the way I saw them and I'm grateful for Billy Corgan for allowing me a place to create and relive moments inside the ring itself. I knew it was ready to be done. I also knew I wanted to feel the rush of having a match one more time and Billy gave that to me. But you know the truth is, it's fine to say goodbye. I love entertaining and fully intend to continue in that role in other ways. Thank you for the best moments, Billy. Thank you for the last year and a half, and I wish you and the NWA nothing but the best. Thank you, Pat Kenny, one of the most great people, also known as Simon Diamond, who continues to remind me to believe in myself. If you'd like to read more about what she said about her retirement, continue following eWrestling News, and more information is forthcoming. AEW has making news because they are going to debut in the United Kingdom. Ryan Clark's writing in at this hour, All Elite Wrestling is coming to the United Kingdom soon. During Wednesday's nights of AEW Dynamite, AEW commentator Tony Schiavone announced that a live event in the country will be taking place in 2023. Now, the official announcement regarding the event and where it will take place will be coming in the future weeks here in AEW. But AEW President Tony Khan often spoke about his desire to hold an event in the UK and previously said he wanted it to happen within the next year. Now, it appears that they are actually going to get that to happen. 
Sometime in 2023, AEW will go across the pond, but right now the details are still coming together exactly what the event will be. With more information, continue following eWrestling News, and we will have more on this. It's official, the WWE 24-7 Championship is no more. Many WWE fans remember memories of the 24-7 Championship that would be defended at all times in all places against really anyone. The title was on the line consistently, whether it was in the ring, backstage, in a parking lot, or anywhere. But the WWE 24-7 Championship is officially gone. During Monday's episode of Raw, Nikki Cross defeated Dana Brooke to capture the championship. After the win, Cross attempted to throw the title in the trash, but she missed. On the official WWE.com website, the title is now being listed as being in existence from 2019 through 2022. The active title lists has everyone from the past to the present who have held the title. Now, several years ago, WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley was the one who introduced the championship and noted that it would be defended at anywhere at any time though there were 195 title reigns in the title's history. R-Truth held the belt 53 times for a total of 415 recognized days. Dana Brooke had 15 reigns with the title for a total of 336 days. Reggie remains the all-time longest WWE 24-7 championship, holding it for 112 days. With more information on all of this, continue following eWrestling News, and more information will be forthcoming. We do have an updated card for full gear. For all AEW fans, this is going to be quite possibly their biggest pay-per-view event of the year. Ryan Clark's writing in, We now currently have eight matches that are confirmed for AEW's full gear that will be taking place on November the 19th at the Prudential Center. Once again, AEW World Championship match, John Moxley will take on MJF. Now, the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament will have its finals on that night as well. AEW Tag Team Championship match is officially signed. The Acclaim will be taking on Swerve in Our Glory. Interim AEW World Championship, Tony Storm will be taking on Jamie Hayter. Ring of Honor World Championship match is set to be in a four-way match. Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara versus Claudio Castagnoli. AEW TBS Championship is also going to be on the line as Jade Cargill will take on Nyla Rose, who stole her championship and is yet to return it. And Soraya will be taking on Britt Baker. Darby Allin and Sting will be taking on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. For more information on the event and if any other matches are scheduled to be added, continue following eWrestling News and more information will be forthcoming. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, or so many more. We're a comprehensive podcast that comes out daily free of charge for anywhere you are looking to get podcasts. With that being said, let's get back to the headlines. We have some new news coming out of Wrestling Inc. Another wrestler following Nick Aldis is officially leaving the NWA. Danny Wolfsonholm is writing in at this hour. On November 6th, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis revealed that he is leaving the company after citing his unhappiness with the promotion. The NWA responded with a statement the following day, revealing that Aldis had been suspended, with NWA President Billy Corgan later disclosing on Busted Open Radio that he believes Aldis is working an angle for his own benefit. 
Now, following a newsworthy few days in the promotion, leading to the Hard Times 3 pay-per-view, which will be happening this upcoming Saturday night, another NWA talent is reportedly done with the company. According to Fightful, former TNA Knockouts champion Tyra Terrell, is formerly known as Tiffany in WWE, has revealed that she has handed in her notice. Now, the report noted that Terrell had some similar circumstances to Aldis, who had grown frustrated with the promotion particularly with the lack of direction in the show. Now, it's also said that Terrell was, wasn't happy with the way NWA's reaction was when she disclosed that she had hurt her head in a recent match. Now, the report pointed out that although Terrell had hoped to finish her book dates with the promotion, she was no longer available to do so. For more information on all of this, continue following Wrestling Inc. And more information on all of this will be forthcoming. Now, continuing on the news with our headlines, Renee Paquette gives creative insight into the AEW promo with MJF. Now, Renee, who is the host of one of the most successful wrestling podcasts out there, Sessions, recently had a chance to talk to MJF. Renee Paquette recently signed with AEW as well, and she made her debut in her home country of Canada. Paquette has served as a backstage interviewer on a weekly basis, grabbing a word with talent here and there, such as Christian Cage and MJF. Now, the later is often regarded as one of the best talkers in the business, and as evident by the amount of time he typically commands on the microphone. However, while appearing on AEW Unrestricted podcast, Paquette revealed why she was intrigued to be a part of the interview segment with Maxwell Jacob Friedman. She would go on to say the following, I was happy to see that I was doing the promo with MJF pretty early on because I kind of wanted to witness what he does up close, Paquette said. I used to do a lot of promos with Paul Heyman, and that's something like he would do. Like, it was all performance. I would like to work with people that really give it as much as they do, she would go on to say. Even if it's just a small facial reaction or something, she added, that's why I love getting into stuff like this. It's so much fun, and it was fun working with MJF. Now, their encounter took place on Dynamite on October 26, with Paquette asking MJF about his upcoming match with AEW World Champion John Moxley, Paquette's real-life husband. Now, during the interaction, he rudely told Paquette to shut her mouth, and when she called him out for being disrespectful, MJF promised not to use his Dynamite Diamond Ring during his full gear match with her husband during the championship match. For more information on all of this, continue following Renee on her podcast and continue following the Salt of the Earth MJF on all forms of social media. Dakota Cohen is writing in at this hour, Triple H owns a rare piece of NWA memorabilia that Billy Corgan has eventually never seen ever. Now, the NWA is one of the most tenured professional wrestling companies in the history of wrestling, as their involvement in the business dates back many decades. Now, the company has seen many Hall of Fame talent come through their doors. Some of the Hall of Famers were winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, such as Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, AJ Styles, and so many more. Now, Flair having held the title reign at 10 times. Smashing Pumpkins lead frontman Billy Corgan, who has been dealing with controversy recently surrounding the second Empower pay-per-view and suspending Nick Aldis, that he now has some other things that he has to be concerned about. But Triple H is entering into the fracas. Triple H owns one of the flare belts. Corgan said as he was on the stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. When asked about the original title that had a dent in it, Corgan stated, 
I didn't know. I've never laid my eyes on the original NWA title. It would have been sort of a modern version. WWE is not currently using the NWA World Championship because it's owned by Triple H. However, Corgan is still using the name behind the title. Currently, NWA holds World's Heavyweight Champion Trevor Murdoch will be defending his championship against Matt Cardona and Tyrus at the upcoming pay-per-view Hard Times. Now, the match will be Murdoch's second defense of the NWA World Championship since he won it back in June. For more information on the NWA, continue following all news here over on Wrestling Inc. Dakota Cohen is writing in at this hour. The three bouts that learned that Bret Hart learned were so much important to him during his career. Now, Bret the Hitman Hart has been recognized by many fans as one of the premier, most skilled and prominent technical wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Coming from a prestigious wrestling family, he was possibly one of the most successful wrestlers in the entire world. Bret's brother Owen, father Stu, and niece Natalia all made their mark in the professional wrestling industry in a major way. But modern wrestlers like FTR and CM Punk have expressed their immense love for Hart and how he poured himself into the wrestling business, along with the iconic seven world championships between WWE and WCW. Known as the excellence of execution, he had a number of memorable matches. Now, many wrestlers over the years found themselves wrestling high-profile matches. However, not many have won three PWI Match of the Year awards. Now, the PWI awards are awarded for in each decade, promoting awards such as Wrestler of the Year, Most Popular Wrestler, and Greatest Feud of the Year. Now, Bruno San Martino, Harley Race, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, John Cena, and Kenny Omega are the only men in history to win three or more PWI Match of the Year awards. Now, all of Hart's PWI Matches of the Year came interestingly, in the 1990s. In 1992, Bret Hart earned his first match year honors for PWI against his match with Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, at SummerSlam. Now, the match with Hart's Intercontinental Championship on the line took place in the Bulldog's home country of England. Bulldog walked away with the win in just over 25 minutes. Now, back in 1996, Hart received his second match of the year honors when he was taking on Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. Hart's final pro Wrestling Illustrated Match of the Year came when he faced Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13 in a no-disqualification submission match. Hart won just over 22 minutes, and special guest referee Ken Shamrock ruled that Austin was unconscious and unable to continue. With more information on Bret Hart's memorable moments and some of his greatest matches, continue following this article right now over on Wrestling Inc. Alexa Bliss is making news at this hour. Alexa Bliss is unsure about her part in the WWE presentation. Now, Alexa Bliss has been walking example of a character evolution throughout her time and her career. After doing a tutu and serving as a heel manager in NXT, Bliss morphed into the goddess while winning the SmackDown and Raw Women's Championships as a member of main rosters. Throughout 2021, Bliss embraced a darker side of her, becoming involved with Bray Wyatt and the Fiend gimmick. Now, without Bray Wyatt in the WWE the last year, Bliss continued to find new ways to change the elements of who she is as a performer, and then heavily relying on Lily as her demonic doll. Now, the multi-time champion recognizes that she's kind of in a state of flux right now, while she is currently teaming up with Asuka to feud with Damage Control. During a recent interview with WWE Deutschland, Bliss elaborated on how she feels a little bit stuck in the status quo in the world of WWE. She would go on to say, You know, it's strange, and that's why I think a lot about it more recently than I had really ever done before. 
especially when it comes to my character, Bliss said. So I think it's like, man, I've been here, what, eight, nine different personas in my career, and I think I'm always evolving, and I think that's a secret to success. Bliss recalled hearing that the secret to long longevity in the wrestling industry is constantly having the abilities to evolve. Now, I've tried always to evolve, and I'm always trying to even get better and change what I'm doing. But Bliss also added and hinted around that she's hoping to transform into a character that can actually, she can sink her teeth into this time. Bliss recently held the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship with Asuka for less than a week before dropping the titles at Crown Jewel. She is now preparing to compete in war games, teaming with Asuka, Bianca Belair, and a pair of mystery partners at WWE's Survivor Series that is scheduled to happen on November the 26th. As far as that pair of mystery partners, the wrestling world is buzzing. Could it be the two ladies who were former tag team champions coming back one more time, Naomi and Sasha Banks? Mick Foley is making news at this hour. Mick Foley gives his thoughts on AEW's exploding barbed wire death match. Now, many people who saw that match realized that things didn't go exactly the way they were supposed to. Instead of the ring exploding, it looked more like sparklers on top of the pillars of the ring. Now, many people laughed at the end of that match as both John Moxley and Eddie Kingston lay in the ring trying to continue to sell it. But there's few people in the wrestling business that actually understand blood and barbed wire and ultra-violence quite like the hardcore legend Mick Foley. The WWE Hall of Famer recently discussed his famous King of the Death match victory in the mid-90s on his latest episode of Foley's Pod. And in doing so, he touched on the infamous death match AEW had with exploding barbed wire that happened at Revolution 2021. And then between AEW, Kenny Omega and John Moxley having their match as well. He would go on to say, I'm not sure barbed wire is the best way to take advantage of Kenny's gifts and talents, Foley confessed. There's a little trouble with those stipulations. AEW opted for a safe and visibly underwhelming final explosion for the match. Eddie Kingston used his own body as a human shield to protect Moxley from a pathetic spurt of sparks that ran down on them. Now, the match was not received well and Foley thought AEW didn't deliver on the promised death match making it so lackluster with his audience. You're either on the side of the road, Foley said, paraphrasing Mr. Miyagi from The Karate Kid. If you design to be in the middle of it, you're going to get squashed like a grape, even if it's just emotionally. Now, he's not a fan of what they've been doing so far in AEW and has been openly about criticizing their choices. But if you'd like to read more about what McFoley had to say, cruise on over to Wrestling Inc. and you can read this article right now by Ross Berman. Bobby Fish is making news at this hour. Former NXT, WWE, and AEW star Bobby Fish responds to negative reaction in his hometown. Now, what could this all be about? Now, singling... After leaving AEW, singles wrestler Bobby Fish has been in the news more than anyone else had actually anticipated, both due to false rumors that he tried to get certain talent to leave AEW with him. His statements on former AEW world champion CM Punk and his debut for Impact Wrestling, which was received possibly the most attention so far due to the crowd's reaction to his appearance. On the latest episode of the Undisputed podcast, in which Fish hosted Impact star Steve Macklin, Fish addressed the rather frigid reception that he received when he came to Impact Wrestling, which just happened to take place in his hometown of Albany, New York. He would go on to say the following, They received me like I was farting church, Fish said. It was like, okay, well, why did I leave Albany? Maybe because of that. 
It was very, very hateable moment. It's okay, but I'm good with it. Those cheers, those cheers were for me. I like being ridiculed. You know what? I guess sometimes I'm a glutton for punishment. Now, despite being a native son of the area, Fish received booze in Albany and even picked up a few CM Punk chants in his reference to his beef online with the controversial wrestling star. Now, things didn't get much better for Fish even days after his appearance on Impact. Fish then garnered a minuscule reaction from the wrestling audience about the confrontation with champion Joss Alexander and Bully Ray. Alexander would then defeat Fish to retain the title later in that episode. For more information on Bobby Fish and what's next for him, continue following Wrestling Inc. and more information will be forthcoming. Let's go ahead and let's talk about R-Truth. Many wrestling fans are wondering about the status and the health of R-Truth. We have a post-surgery update. R-Truth has some good news about his recent surgery. Longtime WWE store tore his quad tendon during a match at WWE NXT earlier this month. And on Wednesday, Truth shared a quote about his operation on Twitter. This is what he said. I really, really appreciate the support and love I'm receiving from all of you. Truth tweeted, I can't say thank you enough. Surgery went well. Stay tuned. Now, our truth injury occurred during a match with Grayson Waller on the November 1st episode of NXT. During the bout, the 51-year-old attempted a front flip over the top rope to the outside, aiming to land on Waller. Instead, he landed directly on the ground. The match was called off by the referee less than five minutes into the contest. Now, earlier during the week, Truth clarified that his injury has legitimate been something that's required surgery for a long time. Truth is one of the longest tenured pro wrestlers on the WWE roster, having officially debuted with the company back in 1999. He left three years into that to go work for TNA. Now he came back and he's been with the company ever since. Now, Truth has been one of the most familiar modern-day wrestling champions when he captured WWE's now-defunct 24-7 championship, a total of 54 reigns. With more information on all this, continue following Wrestling Inc., and more information will be forthcoming. That's going to do it for the headlines for today. Thursday, November the 10th, 2022. If you're enjoying this podcast, remember, Headlines is your one-stop shop podcast that brings you all the late-breaking news in the world of wrestling, whether it's AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, and so many more. With that being said, my name is Mike Freeland, and I hope to catch you on the next episode of Headlines. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Each and every week, I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The world of MLW Radio never stops.